We are just very uh, blessed this morning to have a guest uh, speaker, uh, Luis Salinas and his wife Ide, um, their family, Gabby, Leslie, and David. And uh, Luis and Ide are the directors of New Generation Ministries. This is the ministry that we've been involved with and being able to go down and visit the boys, 23 boys that they're able to minister to and try to raise them up to be a godly men for the Lord. If you remember uh, back in December, our Gifts for Jesus offering uh, went to New Generation Ministries and um, we've just really enjoyed getting to know them and their ministry and very excited about what the Lord is doing just two hours south of us in Tijuana. And... um, one of my first impressions of just Luis and Ida is when we went to visit them, you know, 23 boys plus David and their own kids. And, you know, Luis just has this really awesome combination of, of love and tenderness and machismo. <laughs> and, and it's like you just see him hugging on the boys and kissing the boys and ministering to them. And then when it's time to get in the van, he just whistles. I don't even know how he, I, I can't whistle like that. He just whistles and and the van is loaded. And and I'm like looking around like trying to figure out how we get our, our family into the van. And he's got like everybody in. So just really a blessing. And um, anyway, they're going to they're gonna start off by blessing us with some music and then a little, little presentation. And then uh, Luis is going to preach. But let's just, uh, let's just welcome the Salinas family. We're very glad to be here with you guys this morning. It's a really a real honor to uh, meet the rest uh, of the congregation. We've been blessed to, on uh, having some people coming over uh, and being at our place uh, quite a few times, and uh, now it's a real pleasure to be with you um, and meet the rest of you. We're going to have a song in Spanish. Uh, and pretty much uh, it's a song that uh, is a prayer to the Lord in how we want to be a perfume at Jesus' feet. If you know Spanish, you may understand most of the words. Quiero más Y no me quiero conformar 
really excited to seeing the pictures. <laughs> yes, you know, I don't know how many times and he's still clapping us for seeing the pictures. Um, <clears throat> pretty much that, that's what we do. We work with uh, boys um, from uh, very poverty-stricken communities, seeing affected uh, places from, uh, from Tijuana. Uh, we started our ministry about 12 years ago, over 12 years ago. Uh, after realizing 
the great need on uh, ministering to these kids. We used to be involved in kids clubs in um, different communities in Tijuana, the Red Light District area, Tijuana City Dump, and uh, in some other um, really poor areas from, from the city. And spending two hours a week wasn't enough. We realized that we needed to come up with a better plan. We would have skits and songs and uh, everything appropriate for children. But when it was, uh, when it was our time uh, to leave, we would just let them, going back to what they knew as home, which it was pretty much everything else but home. <laughs> and, um, and we decided to pray about it. We prayed about it. We talked to some people and God started opening doors and it was very, very miraculously how it, how it, um, how it happened. Um, we got the property donated uh, for a ministry. Uh, God started opening uh, uh, some doors with uh, churches and individuals and started uh, supporting us financially and uh, through their prayers. And that's how pretty much we um, started. We started with three children. And then we added up another three. And now we've become to, uh, uh, to be 23. We don't, we don't want to go beyond 25. And that's one of, uh, uh, one of the things that distinguishes from other orphanages or, or um, um, home for children. We want to create a family environment. I know 23, it's a lot, right? And it doesn't feel like family at times. And it feels more like a, a crazy place than a family. Um, but uh, it's still 2023 20, with some help that we have from previous children that were a uh, 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 child when they, were, when they were little. And now they, they're part of our staff. We can manage, uh, we can manage things and, and still provide that sense of a big, big family. Uh, uh, we care for what's happening in their hearts. And if we go beyond that number, we just lose track. It's still with up to 23, we know each individual. We know them by name, and, and they, we know their needs. And by knowing their needs, we're able to minister to, uh, to their needs according to what they are lacking. Uh, otherwise, it would just be providing food and clothing and shelter and education. As you, as you probably uh, notice it, we pay a big emphasis on, on education. Academics is a, is a, um, is a, is a uh, one of our um, strong emphasis, and because uh, that's because we believe that a um, a good educated person uh, may have more opportunities um, for life. But that that is not everything. Education is not everything. Jesus Christ is everything, and unless we give them Jesus Christ. We can give them a PhD, and we still we're not doing anything for this person. But by giving them Jesus Christ, we're breaking cycles that are, they they were exposed to back uh, with their families. They sort some of these kids sort of had a family, which it was pretty much um, in most in most cases a single mother trying to raise. Uh, two, three other children, not being able to, uh, uh, to provide um, enough for, for the rest of the family. Uh, or uh, 
in need to to go uh, uh, to work and leaving the kids uh, uh, at home with no supervision. This puts the kids uh, at risk, and we want to work with children at risk. We only want to work with authentic, real needs. In other words, we we have very clear and very focused on the people that we uh, that, that we target. We are not a daycare. We're not a juvenile hall, uh, uh, but we are a Christian home that we that want to bless people in need, children at risk. And that's pretty much uh, what we do uh, through our ministry. It's a, it's a huge blessing to see the change that God brings to their lives. Um, I can see kids just coming, uh, recently coming into our ministry, and after six uh, months, a year after being exposed to God's word, you can see the, the change of uh, the cross in their lives, and that's very rewarding. Yes, it is very tiring, it is very exhausting, it is very demanding at times, but it's at the same time very rewarding to see what God is doing in their lives. And thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for thank you for your support. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for um, financially um, contributing with their ministry. And it's a it's a really really huge blessing. I want to share a little bit, uh, just briefly, from uh, from uh, from uh, from God's word. Something that's been on my heart. And uh, I would like you to come with me to First John three eight, please. I'm just going to read the last part of uh, on uh, verse eight. Well, let's let's read the whole verse. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. That's why I like John. <laughs> yeah, John is very simple, and it's. Totally opposite to Paul. You read Romans and sometimes you just scratch your head and like, what is he trying to say, right? But with John, it's very simple. I mean, you don't, you don't have to take these exegetical classes, you know, Greek classes to understand John. I mean, it's right there. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Very simple, very clear, right? It's not something like, let me see, what does it, what does it mean? <laughs> it's very simple. But the last part is what, what I really want to share about. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, that He might destroy the works of the devil. That's Jesus' purpose to come to this earth, to destroy the works of the devil. And as we saw in the first part of the, the verse, Satan has sinned since the beginning. That's his purpose. That's his plan. John 10.10 says that the thief doesn't only come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's that's Satan's agenda. He has no mercy, and he will fulfill his agenda. He will try to fulfill his agenda. That's what he has in mind, and he will go for it. But 1 John 3.8 says... 
that the reason for the Son of Man to appear is to destroy Satan's works. Amen to that? Amen. There is hope and there is freedom. Things don't have to be the same. Luke, Luke 19, verse 10, says something similar to it. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. When we when we see the when we see the gospel, when we read the whole the whole Bible, we notice that humankind wasn't the only thing that was lost in Genesis three. But the whole creation, the whole system. When there was no disease, now we see disease. Where there was no death, now we see death. Where there was no hunger, now we see hunger. And even though we divide history, taking Jesus' birth as a reference for saying before and after, um, after Christ, real, really, history should be divided after Genesis 3. Before the fall and after the fall. Because without taking Genesis 3 as a reference, we wouldn't have Jesus' birth. Right? If men hadn't fallen, we would never have had a need for a Redeemer. So Jesus, Jesus, uh, uh, Genesis 3 makes a reference. And we see what happened after men fell and, and, and gave his authority to the enemy. But the most important thing on Genesis 3 is that God promised redemption. He could have said, well, you know, you messed it up. You people, I created and I put you in a perfect place in Eden. And you just disobeyed me. I just wanted you, I just wanted you to stop from eating this fruit, from this tree. But it was the first thing that you did. Well, maybe it's not the first thing that they did, but they did. And, and, Jesus, and, and God could have said, well, I'm just going to destroy humanity, and I'm going to start everything out from scratch. But He promised redemption. He promised that the seed of woman will destroy uh, uh, um, Satan's work. And eventually we see how God prepared the people of Israel to be portrayers of God's glory. And to, and, and, and to manifest His glory to the nations. It wasn't for Israel to only keep uh, that glory for themselves, but it was for them to share the, 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 um, the, the God's, uh, God's glory to the nations. And when they denied sharing that glory to the nations, when they kept the glory for themselves, God worked things out and made them share uh, uh, the glory to the nations, even through deportation. Even taking them as a slaves, like in the, in the case of Daniel, being in Babylon and being lied to, uh, 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 to, to different uh, pagan kings. Correct? But that was, that, 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 was the, that was the gospel. There is a redemption in, in, in Jesus Christ. Matthew twenty four fourteen says, it refers of the gospel as the gospel of the kingdom. 
The message is a message of kingdom. This message of the kingdom talks about a king. And where there is a king, what he says, it's what's being done. The, second, uh, um, the, the next verse in, in Luke 19, in verse 11, Jesus refers to a parable, and he tells us a little bit about this kingdom. And while they were listening to these things, he went on to tell a parable, because he, he was near Jerusalem. And they supposed that the kingdom of God was, to, was going to appear immediately. He were, he, they were looking for God's kingdom. They're like, oh, we're getting close to Jerusalem. We're getting close. Well, the prophecy is about to be fulfilled. We're getting close. God's kingdom may appear immediately. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then returned. And he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minus, and said to them, Do business with this until I come back. Jesus is giving his disciples these parables that refers to a king about to receive a kingdom. And he was he was gonna he was gonna leave and come back after receiving the kingdom. But meanwhile, this nobleman put his workers with different uh, gifts to work and tells them, do business until I come back. King James Version says, occupy in this. Occupying this. If Jesus is referring to himself about receiving a kingdom and the slaves refers to ourselves, we should be engaged in doing God's king in, in doing God's business. We should be engaged in extending his kingdom on this earth. We should be engaged in as first John three eight says, destroying the works of the devil. And extending his kingdom on this earth. When in Luke 11, uh, Jesus' disciples approached Jesus asking, asking him to teach them to pray. Looking for a formula, just like uh, John the Baptist's disciples who, who had a formula. Or the Pharisees had a formula. Or the Sadducees had a formula to pray. Jesus doesn't come up with the, with the formula. But he comes with what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And in Matthew 6, it's a, it's a, it's a um, reference of a Luke 11. Jesus, uh, the, the, uh, Matthew tells us that Jesus taught his disciples to pray this way. Let me read it because I don't know it in English. I don't know it by heart in English. This is uh, Matthew 6, verse 9. Pray then in this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. It's quite interesting the Jesus' way of teaching his disciples to pray, right? He's teaching his disciples to pray for God's kingdom to come to this earth. And for his will to be done on this earth. It's the same way we should be praying. And we should be engaging in this world. How can I extend God's kingdom on this earth? How can I establish God's kingdom on this earth? What am I doing with my gift in the destruction of Satan's works? Am I engaged? Am I involved in destroying Satan's work? That's what the church should be doing nowadays. Yes, yes, there will be a day when we're going to be with Jesus in heaven. And he's going to come back. Believe it. Yes, he promised he was, going to, uh, he, he was coming back. And he is coming back. We don't know the date. The Mayan said it was when? 12, 12, 12? That's what the Mayan said? Or something like that, right? It was a big popular news, right? And they were having a big scandal about the end of the world. We don't know when the end of the world is. But Matthew 24 says that in order for the end to take place, the, the uh, gospel of the kingdom needs to be preached. And by preaching the gospel, if we look at Jesus' life, He not only preached the gospel to the people, but He acted out the gospel. Providing for the needy. Feeding the hunger. Healing the sick. Bringing God's kingdom among the people. That's what the church should be doing also nowadays. We should be involved in extending God's God's kingdom and in meeting needs Whatever they are. Riverside, Tijuana, whatever. One day, we will be with Him in heaven. And we will rejoice and we're going to sing and we're going to have a great time. And everything is going to be fine and nice. And the Bible says that we're going to be on golden streets and uh, 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 crystal sea. We're going to see a crystal sea and mansions. and it's a nice, It's a nice place. But in heaven, being with Him, there are no disease. Being with Him, there's no hungry people. Being with Him, there's no corruption. There's no pain. There are no struggles. There would be no need for sharing the gospel in heaven or being with, with the Lord. We are here rehearsing by, by, by coming together, we're here rehearsing what, what we're going to experience in heaven. Every time we meet, we, f- we have fellowship, and we, we, and we have worship time, and we have communion, and that helps uh, and feeds our spirit. Just uh, uh, giving us a, an idea of what it's going to be having fellowship with, uh, when, when we get to, um, to be with Him. But then we, we must go out to our communities. And be light. And be the salt. And reflect God's glory to our neighbors, to our classmates, to our co-workers. And whatever we are. And extending His kingdom. In other words, we should be engaged in God's businesses. And extending His kingdom on this earth. Poverty is taking, it's, it's causing struggles. Not only in Mexico. And in the United States. All around, the, all around the world. 
The statistic says that one out of five children in the United States live in extreme poverty. One out of five. In uh, 2007, there were 13.3 million uh, um, children living in extreme poverty. Research also shows that poverty doesn't only affect what you eat or you or, or your um, uh, um, the conditions or, or, or where you live, but it affects your uh, um, mental development. It, it affects your cognitive development. It affects your social and emotional development. And longitudinal studies have shown that people exposed to poverty end up, children being exposed to poverty, end up being poor as adults. And many times, they get involved in criminal and violence activities. That's one aspect that the church needs to be attacking. That's one aspect that the church needs to be uh, um, uh, addressing. We need to establish God's kingdom on, on this earth. And, 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 and when we see things like that, we should be in, involved in finding ways in really praying, God, how can I use my life? How can I use your minor? How can I use my talent in, your, in, in, in the establishment of your kingdom? What can I do to eradicate this Satan's work on, in my community? A lot of these, uh, a lot of the children that we're ministering right now, they used to live in this cycle where they they would they would grow in a single um, parent home, usually um, headed by a by a single mother, not being able to provide for them, and it's very simple and easy to identify the problems. Specifically, through boys. Boys are noisier, pushier, more aggressive. They yell louder. And girls are quieter, mellower. But they keep everything inside, right? They keep everything inside. And I've seen the effects. Once it's too much, which is about 15, 16, boom, they explode. And they explode they explode really, really bad. But boys, boys are rowdier and noisier. I don't want to do that. They get out of home, right? They get out of the house. Where are they going? They're, they're, they're hanging out with the wrong people, learning the wrong stuff, right? You want to become a man? Yeah. Mess around with girls, man. That, that, will, that, will, be, that, that will be a good way of showing your manhood. So, they get involved with, with girls, young girls, 15, 16, that they exploded. <laughs> it was too much for them in their hearts. They get pregnant. He's not a man. She's not a, a woman, right? And he will run away. And the same cycle will, 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 will repeat. This girl trying to raise a boy without having the foundations and the support to raise a family. 
It doesn't mean that, uh, that she, she doesn't, doesn't want to raise the, 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 uh, uh, a family. It's just that she does, she's not equipped. She doesn't have what it takes to raise a family. And the same cycle will, will, will continue on and on and on and on. We want to break that kind of cycles by bringing the gospel to men and teaching them to be godly men. If we would only focus on all the basic needs and covering all the basic needs for, 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 for these children, we would only have good sinners at the end. Because the gospel is the only thing that transforms hearts. The cross is the only thing that brings hope and that it really set the captives free. And that's what, that's what our ministry is all about. We want to give them the cross. We want, to, we want to have our kids experiencing what the gospel is and equipping them with all the counsel of God so they can make the right decisions, so they, can, so, 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 so they will transform their communities, so they will transform their society, so they will bring up a godly, uh, a godly family. And if we go back to Genesis, Genesis 12, that was what, that was what God had in mind. When He blesses the, um, Abraham and He called him out of uh, uh, his parents and, and his land, He says, I'm going to make you out of you a blessing. And I will bless you as I, never, as I have never blessed anybody else. But I will bless you not that you may keep that blessing for yourself, but that you may share that blessing for others. And as a matter of fact, I will bless families, all the families of the earth, through you. Bible says that we are Abraham's children through Jesus Christ. Maybe not uh, full Jewish blood, right? Um, but through Jesus Christ... We are the spiritual Israel. God wants to do the same with us. He wants to bring hope and change and transformation in the gospel to our communities. And He will only do it through the church. Again, I want to thank you for your support and for partnering with us. It's a real blessing. And... uh, has helped us a lot. Uh, this uh, fellowship time that we have had uh, for some of you that have come uh, uh, to our place and uh, have been with us, I, we have really enjoyed it. I know you guys are praying for us, and how I know is because otherwise we couldn't do it without your prayers. And what we do, it's because of uh, partnerings with with you and other churches that uh, love the Lord. Thank you for your time. Let me just uh, close up in prayer. God, thank you for this opportunity that you're giving us to come together and uh, to share together, Lord. Thank you for your, your love and your, your blessing upon your church. And uh, may your word, Lord, be kept in, in the deepest part of our heart that we, that we may be reminded that we need to extend your kingdom on this earth. 
In Jesus' name, Jesus name we pray. Amen.